charity that works overseas and engage uh, with the poor. And uh, this is my good friend, Alistair Bennett, otherwise known as Ali B or AB. And, um, and Alistair and I would have been colleagues together here in the school. We're both teachers here. Uh, and uh, you kind of embarked on this journey of discovery of going. You went to Ethiopia and God completely wrecked your life. And here you are, still slightly, slightly sane. And, and he's no stranger to us. This is his third time coming as a guest speaker. Uh, we give 5% of our income. Every pound that you give, five pennies of that goes towards Stand By Me. It goes towards directly to uh, Ethiopia, to the town of Bokaji. And uh, the guys there have just bought a school in a completely different town called Dembidola. And uh, we're incredibly excited about that. I met with another one of the team just on Friday there. Uh, we would love to take a team to uh, Ethiopia, probably in 2015. And uh, I'm going to be talking more about that in, uh, in January of next year. So if you'd like to do that, that would be super. I'm going to be quiet and hand over to you. Oh, yes. And parents, at the end of this, if a rocket is here and their rocket belongs to you, they are yours and there's no sign out afterwards. Hello, rockets. <laughs> Hello, Joel. How are you today? I am doing good. <laughs> you are. I absolutely love coming here. It's great to have these guys in with us too today. So we'll have lots of fun today. And I have some, I honestly have some good news for you. Some good tidings at this time that may have been lost along the way somewhere, but I'm bringing you some good news today. It's great to worship with you guys. Thanks for the team for doing that. It's, I love, it's not that, well, I am kind of antisocial, to be honest. I don't really like people that much. Uh, it is nice, though, to stand at the back and have space to worship and move and not be crammed in. And it's great to worship with you and to stand with you. Um, and that's what we're going to think about today. And I've stood with many of you and many of you have stood with me and that makes this all the more special to me. So there's something very special about this place. Um, people who visited here for the first time have spoken to me. People who are, un are not interested in God in one bit have said to me, they have found this place real. They have found this place alive. So continue to keep that, okay? Keep it real. Keep it as real as that mud hut that's up on the stage that we'll talk about in a wee minute or two, all right? And you're going to come up and see it, some of you, all right? You fancy that? Yeah. You are rockets. You were named appropriately. Right, let's play a game and let's win some prizes just for the young people. So, Christmas is all about little babies, all right? Little babies. No, because you know all the answers. Uh, so, baby number one, boom. Oh, grantly. <laughs> it's going to work. Yes. Okay, here they come. There's six celebrity babies here. And if you can guess who they are at the appropriate time, you will win a sticker. Whee! Exciting. So, number one. Let's see who it might be. And please put your hand up. Don't shout out. I know you know it. So, let's see, Eve. Let me see. Is it Ollie Mers? Ready? It's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Right here. Yes! Oll Ollie Mers. Yay, well done. Look, would you give out the stickers, please? Good man. Give one to Eve. Trouble, troublemaker. Yeah, that's it. Okay, a bit of Ollie Mers. Next one. And our celebrity babies. Okay, you're doing it. Good man. Who? 
Alicia Dixon? No, it's not Alicia Dixon. Anybody else? Who do you think, Finn? Ooh, let's see. I found love in a hopeless place. Let's see if you're right. Boom. Boom. Yes, there she is. Rihanna, give him a sticker. Well done, Finn. That is Rihanna as a little baby. This has never happened in church before, has it? Who on earth is that? Ginger Ninja. All right, Ginger Ninja. I know you know it. No, you can't. Come on. I'm going to build a Lego house. Oh, who? Ed Sheeran, let's see if you're right. Come on, Eddie boy. There he is. Well done. Give him a sticker. We're nearly there. Something for the kids. <laughs> kind of regret this now, but anyway. Oh, now this is the hardest one of all. It's easy if you know it. Oh, really? Some people think it's um, this girl. Well, sometimes I go out by myself and I look across the water. But it's not her. You'd be quite right in saying that it is. <laughs> Come on, baby. There you go. Lady Gaga. Good. Excellent. And hopefully there's two more. Oh, yes, yes, yes. My son thinks he is this person, which makes me the dad of this person. All right. Everybody's going for this. Who could it be? He used to go out with Selena Gomez, apparently. Who could it be? Yes, you pet with your lovely Christmas jumper. Justin Bieber. If I was your boyfriend. Let's see. <laughs> Work. Yes. There we go. I don't know why I point this at this because it's not. Anyway, it's remote control. And the last one. We might even have a sing-along for this one, everybody. <laughs> now. Somebody else, somebody who hasn't won a sticker as yet. Oh, somebody told you. Right, okay, we'll go for a girl, because a girl would know this person better than a boy. Who do you think it might be? Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Let's just see. <laughs> and it is. Are you ready? Cheapers. <laughs> It's good to see Harry McCaffrey as well. He's a bit like Harry Styles, isn't he? Yeah. Only better looking. Right? He's taller than him for sure. All right, you ready? Jesus, you light up the world like nobody else. The way that you give me grace gets me overwhelmed. That's all I've made up so far, but anyway. Thank you. Right. I did that once at a big conference. It didn't go down well. So... There's our celebrity babies. Well done to you. Christmas is all about little babies. And so we're going to go on a little journey and see another baby that came along at Christmas time. Yes. Here we go. Watch carefully and listen. Have you ever wondered what we might see if we could pull back the curtain of time to that very first Christmas? If we could, I imagine the story began in heaven, something like this. God was looking over heaven's balcony one day, shaking his head at all the wrong things people were doing down on earth. Oh man, this isn't quite what I had in mind when I created Earth. I feel so far away from my kids down there. Why? It's just hard to be friends with people when you don't like what they're doing. I think it's time. Time for what, 
Lord. Time for us to step in. Shall we ready the army, Lord? Take you to listen? No, I don't think we should send an army. Maybe just one person. What person? Brilliant! They won't be expecting that! Lord, if we're sending just one person, let to be someone very powerful and very strong. Because there's tons of people down there. No, they don't have to be strong. They'll be going as a newborn baby. A newborn baby? baby? Brilliant! They won't be expecting that! Lord, this plan is rather risky. A newborn human baby is small and weak. This baby must be born to people who will protect him. Maybe a great ruler or mighty king? Actually, I was thinking I could send him to a young peasant girl whose heart is beautiful and full of courage. A peasant girl? Brilliant! They won't be expecting that! My lord, I see you're planning to take Earth by surprise. No one will be expecting a newborn baby born to a humble villager. But what good can a baby do? This will not just be any baby. I'm sending in the Prince of Heaven in disguise. The Prince of Heaven? Our Prince? Your son? Lord, this is too risky. Sending the Prince in disguise is a tiny baby, born not to kings, but to humble villagers. Surely our Prince cannot be born in a cottage. He must be born in a palace. You're right. He shouldn't be born in a cottage. Phew. He'll be born in a stable. Those who are looking will find him, and his mission will bring all people closer to me, even if they do something really wrong. When the prince is done, nothing will get between them and my love. Can we leave some clues for the people looking? Like in the stars? Clues in the stars? Sure, why not? We can make one huge one that points to him. Can we sing for him? Yes, can we sing? God looked at their hopeful faces, and his heart was touched by their love for the fence. Alright, you can sing. Yay! But not in front of the whole world. That would just be weird. And no kings or rulers. How about we sing for some shepherds? That's a lonely job. Those blokes could do with some cheering up. Brilliant. They won't be expecting that. You know the rest of the story. An angel visited a humble girl with a courageous heart and told her the good news. She will have a baby and he will be the Prince of Heaven who would help Earth to be close to God again. As planned, the baby was born in a stable about as far from a palace as you can get. A group of wise men noticed some strange clues in the stars. They packed their balloons and followed the star right to a baby. And of course, a bunch of lonely shepherds were guiding their sheep when all of a sudden the sky was lit up by a thousand of angels singing. Nobody. 
expecting that. No, they weren't. Did you like that? Did you like that? <laughs> it, um, oh, it brings a wee tear to me. I don't know. I'm a bit of a soft guy, really, underneath this hard exterior. Uh, <laughs> guys, it's all about one little baby. I know we know that, but unexpectedly, somebody appears. All right, But he appears in ways that people understand. And this is the message for all of us this Christmas time. This little baby appears in ways that people understand. And the good news today is that God is still appearing in unexpected ways and ways that you and I understand. He doesn't do it in a complicated way. He doesn't do it all cryptically and secretly. He shows himself to us in ways that we understand. Okay, let me think about this for a second. I need some helpers, Joel and Luke. Come here. You need to be strong. Because we have a little mud hut up here. I want you to lift this down, boys. It is quite heavy. So take a side each. It's very quite heavy. You got it? Bring it right over into the middle. You got it? Right over here. Right in there. Swing around. Look this way. Okay, that'll do. I'll turn it. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Quite right. Do you know what this is? Who knows? Shut it out. It's a manger. What's a manger? It's a strange word, isn't it? A manger? What's a manger? Shout it out. It's a place where animals feed from. And this is actually a pig's feeding trough. All right? It's a pig's feeding trough. Now, they wouldn't have had pigs back in Jesus. Well, they would have had pigs, but Jesus wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been around where Jesus was. And this is a feeding trough. Do you know? God appears in unexpected ways, but in ways that people understand. So to a shepherd, the angels say, you'll find him in a feeding trough. You will find him in a feeding trough, something they understand. Isn't that good? And it's come, it's come into my sort of, I've come across God doing this very, very recently with people here. And I'll share some of that with you in a little second, just to bring that good news to you. This still happens. So for shepherds, Jesus appears in a feeding trough. Just like that, that's a real one. You can imagine a wee baby in there, can't you? That's kind of metal one, but they probably had wooden ones, I would imagine. That's a metal one, quite heavy. But a wee baby would probably sit in there quite nicely, wouldn't it? It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And a lot of the kids that we care for around Ethiopia and around the world, they're all born in huts like that, up on the stage. They don't go down to the hospital. There's no epidurals. There's no tea and toast for the daddies afterwards, right? There's just... Cold, unsheltered, little hut. You'd love that. <laughs> You'd love that. And they just pop them out and away they go. <laughs> there they go. Guys, that's where, they're, that's where Jesus was born, somewhere like that. Not down in a hospital, around something like this here. But it's the shepherds who get it. And the God speaks to them and he says he'll be born. And you'll find him in a feeding trough, something they knew, something they were familiar with, something they never thought something extraordinary could happen in, apart from animals mm, munching. Wow. And who's the other people that come to visit? There's angels come. Who else comes to visit? Later on, we got three kings. Okay. We don't know if there were kings or not. We don't even know if there were three of them. But we know there were some people came and visited and they brought gifts with them. And what, well, how, did, how did the Son of God, the Prince of Heaven, how did he appear unexpectedly to them? How did they know where to go? Do you remember? Anyone? A star. Do you know what these men were? They were astronomers. Wow. 
What does that mean? They looked at the stars all the time, every day. <laughs> Not every day. Every night. They didn't. The planet Finder, maybe in their iPhones. That would be good, wouldn't it? Hey? Yeah. Oh, look, there's a star. Let's follow it. Cool. Um, guys, for these astronomers, these guys who look at the stars, the king of heaven appears as a star, a way that they understand, a way that communicates with them. For a king sitting down in Jerusalem, he appears as a king. He says to these men, where's the king going to be born? So for the king, he comes as a king. For a young lady, for a beautiful young girl, she come, the king comes as, as a child. A child, something she wants, desires. And all of a sudden, with all these appropriate signs, God does something unexpected. He creeps in. He creeps in. They won't be expecting that. Isn't he funny, that wee boy? Eh? Thank you. Let's say that again. No. <laughs> they won't be expecting that. They will not be expecting that. <laughs> Very like it. Well done. You should have done that part. Guys, God appears in ways that we understand, and he still does this today. Do you know, um, okay, let me tell you a couple of wee stories for everybody here. Amazing stories. My friend sat in a car showroom down on um, Boucher Road. He was sitting there. He was going through some difficult times in his life. For a long period, he'd been going through times. And a man walks in. It's about half eight at night. A man walks in. He wants to close up the showroom at nine o'clock. A man walks in and starts. He called him a tire kicker. I don't know what a tire kicker is, but somebody goes around and looks at cars and don't want to buy one, right? And he says, I want this guy, I, I, I don't want him here. And he went over and tried to chat to him, tried to get him to leave because he wanted to lock up the showroom, this good friend of mine. He says this, the man says to him, to my friend, he said, I've got a message from God for you. What? Last year, God's still doing that stuff? What? Are you serious? He says, I've got, I've got something to tell you from God. My friend said, come and tell me. Sat him down. He said this. He says, I was driving down the West Link. You know the West Link? Well, it don't matter. You're driving down the West Link. He said, God was saying to me, follow me. Follow me. And he followed me. I don't exactly know how this actually took place. Whether there was a, a God nav, sat nav, or something like that there. Turn right, isn't it? Um, whatever God's voice would sound like, probably a cross between Liam Neeson and Morgan Freeman. Um, I imagine in my own mind. <laughs> there he is, he's driving down the West Link and he ends up at Boucher Road and he ends up at this car showroom and the guy says, this is what happened and God brought me here. He says, you're the only person here, this must be for you. And he says, I've only two words for you. Two words this man told him, two words from God to this man. He says this, God says, trust me. Trust me. Whoa. Now that could just be a weird story, couldn't it? There's a lot of weirdos around, right? <laughs> Who say God tells them things. Yeah, exactly like me, thanks. Um, trust me. That's okay. That's an extraordinary story in itself. And it gave him a bit of courage in the dark times of the broken place that he found himself in. Do you know the next morning his friend walked in? As my friend was sitting at his desk, this guy sort of paced past the desk. My friend said to him, what is wrong with you? Would you ever just sit down? Um, he says, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I had a dream about you last night. And, you know, he's kind of looking at him funny. He says, I, I had a dream about you, and, and, and you know I'm not into that sort of stuff, but, but I believe God wants me to tell you something. It's only two words. Sit down. <laughs> and he says, I had this dream last night, and God told me to tell you this. Trust me. Trust me. 
Wow. This is happening, folks. We need to open our eyes up to the mystery and the wonder that there is a God and he can do anything. He can do anything. In your dark and broken places, what is this all about? This is about putting everything right. And I think it, it starts here. This is the kingdom of God right here, right now. We should be celebrating this. I mean it. We should be shouting, celebrating, joyful. There's so much pain. Gosh, and I know some of it in here. I don't know a, a fraction of it. Um, and so much pain that we find in our own lives in this broken, messed up world. We need the unexpected God creeping in right beside us and saying, trust me. Okay. Trust me. Trust me. Wow. A Muslim, a Muslim kid I know. He's a man now. He lives in Northern Ireland. He's lying in, a, in one of our homes in Lebanon when he's a little boy. His family are Hezbollah. I don't know if you know Hezbollah, Hezbollah. He's, his uncle's number two in Hezbollah. Sorry, Hezbollah is like a big terrorist organization with lots of weapons, and they're, they're not particularly nice. They're nice to their own people, for sure. They do a lot of brilliant things for their own people, um, but they, you know, they protect their country. But they are terrorists. His brother was a suicide bomber. And he woke up in the middle of the night in a Lebanese home that we ran when we were kids alive, screaming this, a little Muslim boy with all the connections to Hezbollah, screaming, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Now, that's extraordinary in itself, a little Muslim boy. Do you know what, guys? He went out for a walk the next day. He needed to clear his head, right? Because he's a little Muslim boy, and he didn't know anything much about Jesus or Christianity and all this. And he went out, and he sat on a rock, out in the middle of Beirut, and he sat down where he used to go to clear his head a few times. You know what? When he looked down the ground, what did he find? He couldn't even make this stuff up. A frog. <laughs> he found a frog, yeah. And the frog talked to him and said, I am the Lord. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not what happened, but that would have been much better than the thing I'm going to tell you. <laughs> he sits on this rock, and as he looks down, guys, he sees a Bible. He sees a Bible. And he picks it up and he starts to read. And this guy comes to faith. Right? Now, of course, he lives here in Northern Ireland. He's involved in business and we've helped him with that there. So his family aren't um, too suspicious, although he's a little daughter. And they'd love to go back to Lebanon, but he's afraid his daughter might say, you know, something like, Mummy and Daddy, we're at church today. They won't be expecting that. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so... There he is, guys, you know, this kid in Lebanon. Guys, a, a, a friend of mine, Nigel Lee, just tell you some extraordinary stories here. Sorry about this. Um, Nigel Lee used to run UCCF, Christian University, whatever it stands for. It's basically Christian unions for universities. Um, he did a lot of Radio 4 and stuff. A lovely, lovely man, but maybe a number of years older than us. He died of cancer there, unfortunately, maybe eight or nine years ago. And he told us a story at a, at a, at a leadership um, conference we were having with my church, and he says this, he said, I had a friend who went to Pakistan, and he went to Pakistan just after 2001, just after September 11th, so do you remember the, remember the planes, do you remember that, do you remember the, you've seen the planes flying into those towers, and killing all those people, well it made, it made the world very messy, all right, it made things very, very messy between people, especially between Christians and Muslims, right, and so he wanted to go and be a missionary in this country called Pakistan. Have you heard of Pakistan? Yeah. yeah. Pakistan's a very Muslim country, and you can't just go in there and start talking about Jesus out in the streets because you will get arrested, or you might even get killed. You will certainly be put in prison, and you'll definitely be sent home. 
One of those things will happen to you, especially at that very tense time. And do you know what happened? I'll just give you an example of what happened. Just before he decided to go to be a missionary in Pakistan, everybody was meeting in a church like this in Pakistan. Somebody burst through the doors, threw grenades in, and killed a lot of women and children, right? Now, that's how dangerous this was to go to church in Pakistan. Do you get that? And just a few months ago, same thing happened. Two suicide bombers walked in, and they just blew everybody up, 80 people in a church. Now, that's how dangerous it was. Do you get that? It's not nice here, it's not, but it is dangerous, and it is true. He decided to go and be a missionary. He can't just be a missionary, as I said, so he just got an ordinary job in Pakistan, and he thought, this is what I'll do. Whenever I, um, he says, I'll get to know people in my workplace. I'll get talking to them, right? I'll start to show them the love of Christ um, without having to say anything, and then I'll maybe get, we'll see where that goes. So that's what he did. He got to know people in his workplace, and then one day, he, he decided to bring a guy home. They came home for tea. He brought him into his house, and as he walked through the door, he remembered that he had a picture, a wee, just to know, like a wee drawn of Jesus on his fridge. Do you know the way? Who's got pictures of themselves on your fridge in the house or on a wall or on the back of the door? Right? Who's got pictures up of your working off from school? Yay, look, got four out of ten. Yay, let's celebrate. Um, <laughs> ten out of ten, that's exactly right. Guys, he had a picture in his fridge of a little drawing of a man with a beard. It wasn't me. I wasn't Pete Thompson either because his beard's gone now. It wasn't Santa. It was a picture of Jesus. A little picture of Jesus that somebody had drawn. And as he walked into the house, he remembered that he had this picture of Jesus on his fridge. And he had this Muslim friend with him. And he thought, gosh, what am I going to do if this guy sees this picture? And if I tell him that it's Jesus, then I'm in trouble. Right? I'm in trouble. I'm going to get thrown out of this country or else I'm going to get arrested. Do you know what, guys? He said, oh, forget it. He just brought the guy in. He sat him down, this Muslim guy. And the very first thing that the Muslim friend said to him was this. What did he say to him? Do you know? Who's that? Who's that in your fridge? Who's that in your fridge? So what do you say? Well, you could make something up. You could say it's George Best. Maybe he'd a beard. Um, but guys, do you know, he just said, it is Jesus. It is Jesus. Do you know, when you hear this, talk about unexpected, unexpected. The man says to him, you will not believe this, but I had a dream. Two nights ago, and I dreamt that I was walking through a desert, and I hadn't drank for a few days, and I was dying, and I could see myself lying on the ground. Absolutely hadn't drank for days, and I was dying, just waiting to die. He said, somebody came. Girls, would you hear this? Somebody came and gave this man in his dream the most refreshing cup of water that he'd ever tasted. Do you know what he said? He said, it was the man in your fridge. Whoa. The man in your fridge. This little picture. It wasn't Jesus, as far as we know. All right. A white man with a beard. This picture that God, somebody had drawn many years before, maybe it got printed, it ended up in his fridge. Right? It just so happened, unexpectedly, that this guy had a dream. Wow. And he had a dream and he saw the man in the fridge. And all of a sudden, for two hours, they sat and they talked about Jesus. Wow. And he came to faith. Guys, unexpectedly, out of the blue, Jesus comes in and he makes a difference and he shows himself to us and he shows himself to you today. I spoke to 
Um, a friend of ours who we taught here, Alana, um, just um, an hour ago, a reminder came up on my phone to remember to pray for Alana because she was diagnosed with cancer in, in May. And when I met her, I said to her, I'm going to put you in my reminders. That's a good way to do prayer, by the way. I used to say to people all the time, I'll pray for you. <laughs> yeah. I used to do it instantly because then I was, you know, because I knew I would forget. Now I put it in my reminders. Thank God for iPhone. Wow, amazing. Right. Anyway, put it in your reminders. Even when it beeps up as it does, there she is, Alana. Boom. Remember to pray. Guys, okay, just a couple of weeks ago, she died. She died of cancer, left two little, a wee boy and a wee girl behind. And I was involved in her funeral. It was, it was good to be able to say things that were true, right? It was good to be honest and to not have all the answers. Well, that's one thing I've learned recently. Do you know what happened? I was speaking to one of her friends who lives down in Sunnylands. And, you know, she sat there in this room and she told me, she says, I don't go to church. She says, I, I, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. She says, but I believe in God. I believe in God. And she started to tell me little stories of how at the moment when Alana died, that God said something to her. She could hear Alana speaking to her as if it was, this is okay. It's okay. Now, and I'll tell you the honest to goodness truth. The years gone past, I'd have gone, yeah, whatever, whatever. And you know what? How wrong of me. How wrong of me. God is for people. That is what this is all about. God is for people. And this woman experienced God and she believes in God probably better maybe than some of us sitting here, maybe some certainly in other churches around the place. Guys, there's people all across this country that God is communicating with. I went to, after we'd done the service, I went home, I got changed. I didn't want to go to the, the cemetery, but I went later on that afternoon. Um, and I stood just on my own out beside Alana's grave. And as I stood there, two guys appeared in a, in a, in a sweet boy's sports car. Um, and they walked over because there'd been a grave just dug here beside it. Um, and the guy comes over to me, young fella, and he says, and I recognize him because I'd taught him as well, but I didn't, he didn't recognize me. He says to me, is that Alana's grave? And I says, yeah, it is. He says, he says my Natasha will be, will be glad about that um, because this is our son's grave, all right? And she'll be glad that our wee son is beside Alana. And I says, you tell Natasha that Mr. B says, I'm thinking about her. He says, Mr. B, do you not remember me? I says, yeah, of course I do. Couldn't remember his name, I was born. And his little 22-week-old son been buried there beside Alana, 22 years old. And we had a moment. And as I walked away, I said to him, this isn't right, you know. It's not right. That's why this is here. All right? Because it's not right. This is the answer. And I says, it's not right. And we talked, and we talked about God. And we talked about how God speaks with people and how God can do anything unexpectedly. He says, I know. This guy, he says, I know. He says, and he gets his phone out and he starts whipping through his pictures, right? And he pulls out a picture and he says, do you know that the, when my son died, I said, I came home and look at this sunset. He said, the sun was blazing red up my path. And God was saying, it's okay. Oh, my gosh. In the simplest ways, like a manger, like a star, like a child, like a king. Wow. God speaks through a sunset and through a voice and through a man. Trust me. And for my own experiences, through songs on the radio, right, through people meeting me in car parks. 
right? Unbelievable. Get your eyes open to God in this place. It's great news that God is for people and he's speaking to people and never, never, um, never, never turn your face up when somebody says God spoke to you because he's doing the most unexpected things everywhere. Because when there's a God, anything's possible. Wow, it's good news. Good news, that's what it is. It's good news. God's for people. He loves people. Now let me take you just for one wee second. Grantly, press the button, please. <laughs> good man. And one more time, maybe, if you don't mind. Thank you, sir. Okay, so maybe imagine little baby Jesus growing up in somewhere like this here. Right? Whoa. It's one of the houses I went into a year or two ago. It's very like the mud hut we have up on the stage here, and I'll let the kids come up later and see it. Look at the beds. That's the size of it, guys. That's the sort of place we're talking about Jesus being born, guys. And there's a mattress. And that woman's pulling all the straw out of it. I'm just saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Guys, that's why I put the mud hut. I wanted to show you what it was like for little Jesus. Now, I need a couple of volunteers. I want one from this side who hasn't been here. But can you want to come? You just have to sit on it. Yeah? Okay. You want to come? <laughs> right, you come. Yes. Actually, just have a wee seat in that, would you? No. Do you want to lie down on it? Uh, what's your name, big man? Oh, it's, of course. Oh, it is a one. Wow, you got your hair cut, didn't you? Right, okay. There's a one sleeping. Stay. <laughs> Guys, that's a mattress. That's a mattress, right? That's the very same mattress, similar to the one that the lady had in Ethiopia, right? And she pulled out, what? Straw. That's what the kids are sleeping on, guys. When we walk into Ethiopia, right? All of a sudden, we start to walk back in time. And we start to see what it would be like to be born in a place where there's no electricity, where there's no running water, where there's no iPads, there's no TV, there's no doctors, all that. You can sit up now, big man. Eh? And guys, I want to just, as we finish, I want to show you, and I'll take the kids up the stairs, I want to show you what it's like to live out there, but I want to show you some of the babies that we care for now around the world. Because when Jesus comes to earth, he comes to do this, to stand by us. Right? To stand by us, literally. He comes and stands by us in our pain, in our suffering, in our joy, in our happiness. All those things, he comes and stands with us, beside us. And you're hearing about that, I think, maybe last week. And he still does it. And guys, now we have this incarnational thing where we can do exactly the same for people around the world. Now, let me just show you a couple of these wee babies. Alan, sorry. Here's some of our Christmas babies.
some of our Christmas babies. Now, whenever little Matty, whenever I showed Luke, my son here, of little Matty, that little girl, she's only two years old, has never seen her father. Um, her mum begs. She doesn't even live in, in, in the proper home where she lives. You'll see her in one wee second. Um, Luke said to me, can we sponsor Matty? So we're, we're now, she's now part of our family, little Matty. But the wee boy in between, it said Cara, but it's actually Chara. Chara. Would you hear the story of this here? And this reminds me, I suppose, of Jesus' story in some ways. This little boy... He was left behind a hedge by his mummy when he was born. And the lady walked past and she heard a baby crying. Make a baby noise. (laughs) Sounds like sheep. Uh, (laughs) She looks over the hedge and she sees the little baby. So she lifts the little baby. She takes the baby to the police. The police are not one bit interested, as you well know. And then she takes the little baby down to the Women's and Children's Association in the town. Every town has one in Ethiopia anyway. And they would know about um, orphans and children. And, and even they said, we don't know who this belongs to. We, here's your choices. You can put him back behind the hedge, leave him, or you can look after him. And that was it. Great social services. Um, and what did she do? She picked him up. And little Chara, she called him Chara, which means chance. She says, as if by chance, I found him. Wow. Was it by chance? I don't think so. I wonder how many people walk past. Yeah. I wonder how many people drove around the West Link. Want you to? <laughs> no, don't have time. Do you know? Do you, understand? Do you know what I mean? Let's be open to hearing the voice of God in this place and to being part of this incarnational, wonderful good news. One more time, Alan. Sorry, sir. Here's little Mary. Here's her wee story. <laughs> Such a squeaky wee voice. She's very, very cute. She's one of the ten children that we've just accepted into um, our care centre up in the middle of the town. Um, it's a beautiful little girl. She's a great smile. She's just watching herself on the iPad here and she's quite amazed. Hope we've never seen anything like this before. So that's what we're doing here, guys. And again, you can be involved in it. In the next number of months, we want to be building a school for these kids. Um, and we want 240 in it. Um, so we're going to need people to come along and stand by them. So... Oh, there she goes, the rain's on. So we're getting out of here. Oh dear, here it comes, and we're gonna go. I'll tell you, it started to lash down there. And I'd just been in the house of a girl called Obsey, um, and she, she, half of her roof was down. She was living there with her mummy and her little sister, Deborah, who was maybe about maybe two or, or less than that, and the rain was just lashing down. Um, guys, unbelievable stuff when we can stand by people wherever they are and I love that you're standing by the cares and the community and all the wonderful things that you do because that's what this is all about God creeping in unexpectedly through people like you and me Alan one last time one last time see if I can do this this is our last story okay little Emmanuel you've been hearing about Emmanuel isn't that right hey maybe you heard the word Emmanuel Emmanuel means anybody know do you know what it means the Savior, it's not quite, that's what Jesus means, but yeah, you're on, you're getting there. It means, it's three words, God, that would be good too, uh, <laughs> God with who? Us, God with us. And here's little Emmanuel, okay? We see Emmanuel here in a little feeding trough in ways that shepherds understand. We find little Emmanuel out in the road, and here's his story, Alan.
So little Emmanuel found out in the street with his mummy. His mummy's basically paralysed on her left-hand side after a fall. Nowhere to live. Somebody gives them this tiny little room, which is the size of a, a doorway, really. And she lives there, and she smiles, you know. Um, and she's happy in this place. Um, but it's no life for a baby, is it? And yet probably Jesus found it a bit like that, didn't he? Eh? It wasn't some nice old place he was living in. It probably wasn't just as nice as what we're used to here. What can you do for a kid like Emmanuel? One last time, Grammy. What do you see this? Right, so here we are. You remember seeing uh, the lovely video of Emmanuel and his mum. Uh, his mum was very, very crippled, couldn't lift him. They lived in a tiny, tiny little house. If you haven't seen that, go back on Facebook a couple of days and you'll see that little video. Let's see where they're living now. They've been living here for about two months and very quickly after uh, we found them, we decided we'd get them a new home. So let's go and save Emmanuel and his mum are here. It's very exciting. Beautiful colours. And, lo and behold, he's coming to the door. It's our favourite friend, Emmanuel. Yay! Do you like your new home? <laughs> so this is what you can do. You can make a difference. And this is what we're doing right here in Dembadola, right here, right now. You can do this. You can be part of changing people's lives. So be the change you want to see in the world. Guys, okay, so that's it. We can come and we can stand by these people. And we're so grateful that you stand by a number of the kids over in Bokaji in Ethiopia and you've changed their lives around, okay? You've been good news to them. And now we're doing the same up near the Sudan border where it was very difficult to work smile. and dangerous to work. We've just opened a school two weeks ago for 240 boys and girls. It was a gift to us from God for 74,000 pounds. It's a long story on that, I'm not telling you it now. But it's kids like Emmanuel who are going to come to that little school. Look at them. Covered in mud. I gave him new clothes that day. White shoes. <laughs> Not a good idea. Grey tracky bottoms and a blue Adidas top. Now, I mean, the next day, it wasn't even dirty. It was wrecked. It was wrecked. There were holes on it and everything. So your clothes are very much appreciated. <laughs>
guys, that's what it's all about, okay? It all starts here. Unexpectedly, God creeps in. Unexpectedly, he continues to do that in ways that we understand. And then he pushes us on to be good news, to be hope, to stand by people. Guys, God bless you on your journey. It's great to be part of it with you. Let's pray, and then I'll hand back to the guys. Let's pray, guys, will we? Yeah? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much, so much for this, this wonderful group of people here. For all the boys and girls, the ones even up in, in the other rooms around the place, thank you for the school and for um, their willingness to give over this building. God, this year, may we truly know Emmanuel, God with us. May we know it in the unexpected ways. May we be part of that for other people. May people be able to say that God was with me because one of us here drove down to Westlink and took a couple of turns and followed you or made a phone call or whatever it might have been, God. May we open up our eyes to the possibility that you can do anything, God. And this Christmas time, may we celebrate that God is for people. Amen. Brilliant stuff. Well done. Um, Folks in the, the busyness and the craziness of life and uh, the pain and the things that, that are thrown at us in life, this makes sense. This very thing, the, the, the very act of Jesus coming to earth for us makes sense. And the things that we've looked at and the things that we've seen, the stories that we've heard, it makes sense. And we as a church, we wholeheartedly believe that God comes in in the most unexpected ways. And there's folks here you just need to hear and you need to receive again from him hope and trust and follow me. This is the way. Jesus says he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life that we are looking for. And as we experience that, he sends us out to go and to show and to demonstrate and to tell others about him the way the truth and the life and uh, so that's that we've run out of time we wanted to kind of do ministry and all that sort of stuff but we have run out of time if you would like prayer for anything you want prayer for healing you want just prayer just to receive more of him please don't go um, but stay and we would love to pray with you these are your children and those of you who they are your children please go find mummy and daddy Go get your gems, go get your sparklers, and go grab a coffee, and thank you for coming. Go see the mud hut.